Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talk and Tunes. Today we have with us Ross Flora. Thank you, Ross, for joining. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining. I am super excited to have you join. You are a little bit different than most of the artists we have joined. Typically, oh. Route 66 is just country, just through yeah. and through country, but you're a little bit outside that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I'm on the edges. I'm one of those people that don't think any artists need to fit in a specific box. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think any artist has to be stuck in a box. You're a musician. <laughs> you're a creative for a reason. Um, and I mean, I am a huge fan of Cannonball. I think that song is rocking. I freaking love it. Um, but me and my husband have a Harley. And so that yeah. is on my Harley playlist. He like refuses to let me make our bike playlist because he's like, your taste in music sucks. You like too much of that sad country stuff. So oh. he like refuses to let me make playlists. But this <laughs> one, he has approved. All right, all right. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Tell him thank you. Yes, that means that that is saying something when it is Paul Harley approved. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, oh. it is up there with um some other uh rocking songs that make the Harley playlist. So yeah, it is one of those songs that I mean it's I mean some people would say it has some questionable content, but look, I'm one of those people that like unless it's a song that is meant to be taken seriously and meant to be taken to heart, I don't get wrapped up in that. And I don't like, you know, some songs are just meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. And to me, this is one of those songs that are just meant to be enjoyed. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get too deep on it. Yeah. You know, or anything like that. It was just, you know, I was like, I'm just telling a story that, you know, fictional story here about just something that, you know, popped into my head. You know, it's like watching a movie kind of. But. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like some movies we watch are completely fictional and, mm -hmm. you know, you don't take it to heart. You're not going to get out here and recreate those movies. Um, and songs are the same way. We're not going to get out here and recreate yeah. some songs. They're just purely meant to be enjoyed and, so that's the way I take that, and I love it. Um, but I don't know if you – I know you're going to play a couple originals for us today. I'm assuming Cannonball is one of those. I don't know if you were going to start off with that or end with that. Yeah. Which yeah, I can, yeah, I can definitely do Cannonball. I was going to ask you. I've got an EP coming out on July 15th, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But uh, Yeah. But, yeah, so I was, was going to ask you what you wanted to hear, you know. Hey, I love um, – when artists play unreleased stuff. So, I mean, I'll mm -hmm. leave that totally up to you. Um, I just always like to talk about, I didn't want to get too deep into talking about Cannonball. If you were going to like play that later, if that was one you weren't going to play at all, well, you know, we can dive in talking about that. Um, yeah. So it just kind of, yeah, we can kick off with that one. To the songs we talk about. So I just didn't know where to dive into that conversation yeah. about. Yeah, definitely. We can kick off with that one. That's, yeah. yeah, that sets right. the mood. All right, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about Cannonball then and how that came to be and where what kind of inspired you to to write that? 
Um, I had had those first couple lines that blue lights in the mirror, 120 on the dash, 12 gauge riding shotgun, bags of back, bags in the back full of cash. I had had that for a while. It kind of stuck in my head, and I was like, I gotta remember that. And it was just yeah. engraved in my brain for years now. And I've just always been, I never found the right chords or the right riff, and then the rest of the words to support that. Those lines, so I just held on to it for so long. And then I was sitting, uh, just, you know, playing around one night, like always. And, you know, this, that riff came up. And I was like, oh, that would be, I can make that work with this. I think I found a home for it. So, yeah. And then I'm just, it, that, that song just kind of, you know, popped out of nowhere, the rest of the song, you know, everything else. And I grew up in the mountains. I kind of wanted to have, a, I had a specific scene in my mind of uh, where I grew up in, in, in Frank County, Virginia. There's a place called Windy Gap, which is just twisties. And it's, you know, it's like, it's named that for a reason, Windy Gap. And yeah. it's, a, it's a crazy little road. And I was thinking, you know, if you were just hauling off of that with, you know, with the, you know, cops behind you, you know, still making a run. And oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of, that was the inspiration behind it. And, you know, I had some, had some neighbors that I was kind of like, I could see them kind of. <laughs> Outrunning some cops on that road, you know, just there's just, always those neighbors, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I love when I was reading your bio that I discovered I didn't know before that you're from Virginia. Um, <laughs> I'm actually from Virginia as well, okay? Um, so, yeah, that that hit me a little bit even more. I was like, because I resonated with your music, I loved it, and then when I found out you we were from Virginia, I was like, yes, yeah, what part are you from? Um, uh, Warrington, so okay. Northern Virginia. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I know those mountains that you're referring to. I mean, the Blue Ridge Mountains, nothing more beautiful, gorgeous. Um, and those windy rolling hills, I mean, winding mm -hmm. rolling hills. Um, yeah. I know exactly what you're referring to when you talk about that. And it's, um, yeah, I, when I was listening to the song, I mean, especially after reading your bio and then when I was listening to the song, like I was picturing that in my head as well, like exactly what you just described. I was yeah. picturing that in my head and I was like, yes, I could see that. Um, so yeah, we all have those friends, neighbors, family mm. members. Maybe we've even <laughs> seen those blue lights ourselves. Right, right. Um, not that I'm admitting anything there. Um, <laughs> right. You know. Probably I, all I have to say neighbors, you know, so or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to incriminate ourselves here. It's it's the neighbors. It's not us. That we've never yeah. seen those blue lights. Never, never. Why on earth we would never run? Certainly, never run. Never, never. No. I, yeah. I don't know why I said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, such a great song. So I mean, as you're saying. Um, you were visualizing this as you were writing the song. So typically when you're writing the song, do you always like have this visualization going on when you're writing or was that just this song in particular? Um, I'd say, I guess a lot of the time I kind of do, you know, I've always got a scene in my head or a place that wherever, you know, if it's a story kind of song like that, then I always have like a scene in my head. Like, where is this, where'd this song like hit the character, you know, type deal. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I definitely, definitely have that. And yeah, I kind of try to see like a music video of the song. Usually that'll help a little bit. You know, I try to write the song around the music video, especially yeah. when I'm like trying to think of like some imagery or something like that to give it some content, you know, to enrich it a little bit. It's, 
you know, I'm always trying to think, you know, that's that's where I kind of play the music video in my head. And, yeah. I wondered, that's exactly what I do when I hear a song. Um, I'm immediately picturing what the video would look like to that song. And then I love it when an artist actually puts out a, midi a music video to that song. And mm -hmm. then it's interesting to see if my take was the same as what yours was. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm right on and then sometimes I'm way off. Mm -hmm. um, but then that's, all, that's always very interesting to see because some, some songs, God, I can't talk today. Some songs can be interpreted in various different ways. Mm -hmm. And I guess that would be, I don't know. I mean, I guess that would be very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, yeah. To you as yeah. an artist for it to be taken, like for listeners to take it in so many different ways. Like, hey, I really did a great job on this if it could be taken five different ways. Mm -hmm. um, unless it's a song that can only be taken one way and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, I love, yeah, yeah, I love songs. The delicate balance, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have focus. Otherwise, if you, the song is too, you know, too vague. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, it's not marketable, but then if it's, you know, if it's just on the nose too much, then it's, you know, it's kind of boring. If it's just like, you know, if you yeah. don't leave anything for the listener's brain to do, you know, it's right. kind of, so, yeah, that's way out. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, no more wondering for those that have not heard it yet. Hopefully everybody's heard it by now. But for those that may not have, we'll let you go ahead and play Cannonball for us. Um, All right. Definitely looking forward to hearing it in this light. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. 
I love doing an acoustic. I haven't done very many times with a full band yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, especially get like a Les Paul on you, and just then you can really crank, and it's like, oh man, oh yeah, solos, yeah. you know, all that. It's, yeah, I mean, I imagine out at the bars on Broadway or anywhere, mm -hmm. like that is a crowd pleaser for sure. Right. Um, I could just see, like, I know you played. Um, I've just seen like at, on your Instagram, you've played at like Luke's Bar and some mm -hmm. other places downtown. Have you ever played at Kid Rocks? I haven't played there yet. Um, oh my God, I could see like at Kid Rocks, that would be like oh, right. yeah. lasting. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It would, that would fit right in over there, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the crowd would go crazy over there at that. But um, mm -hmm. I haven't ever been in, um, I had never been in Luke's, so I'm not. Yeah. Not too familiar with like what the I mean I imagine the crowd down on Broadway is kind of the same in any of those bars. Mm -hmm. um, probably the crowd's pretty much the same anywhere. But I've been inside Kid Rock's; they're a pretty wild bunch. Um, mm -hmm. So they're they're fun. I mean the people yeah. down on Broadway oh, yeah. are fun anywhere. So yeah, yeah. Kid um, Rock party that's for sure. Yeah, that, that room is set up, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, it's set up to be just crazy in there. So. Yeah, his whole setup in there is like crazy. I love it. Um, yeah, it's just, but Kid Rock's a party. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Have you ever seen him and have you ever seen him in concert? Yeah, I've seen him once. It's, oh, it's, I wish you could see him. Me and my husband made the mistake. I'm like almost embarrassed to say this. Um, our boys were like, I want to say maybe. 14 and 12 or 13 and 15 mm -hmm. and we took them to their first kid rock concert they learned they probably learned a little bit that night yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and needless to say it was our first kid rock concert otherwise we would not have took our young teenage boys right right was yeah. this all summer long phase or was this like ba with the ba phase um, it was pre all summer long. Oh yeah, so he was still very. It was yeah, that was some heavy rock stuff back then, especially. Yeah, it was. It was just. Pre, it was just pre all summer long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we started to round the corner a little bit. Yeah. Wearing so, um, the red jumpsuit is basically. It's like it once he took that jumpsuit off and started becoming a little more country. It's like okay. That's one thing I love about him. It's like he changed. You're, you know, you're talking about not putting people in a, you know, in a box. 
And it's like his box was like, what are those old bands in the early 2000s, you know, that were like kind of like, I call it like testosterone rock that were like just that real gritty, you know, and just like, and it's, yeah. it wasn't really my cup of tea necessarily, but that hard kind of stuff. And then like, and then he's, you know, as he's grown, his music has grown with him. And I really, you know, I, I mean, I like it all. But I yeah. really love stuff now. He's grown, you know, he's gotten a little older and he's kind of, you know. He's so, really mellowed out a lot. Down, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely like that perfect example of an ever-changing artist. Mm -hmm. Like, he's always had like that soft side to him, mm -hmm. like where, okay, let me put a little bit of music in here to let people know I can really sing. Yeah, yeah. And because like a lot of his songs would have that soft side to it. And then he would almost ruin the song because like, the soft part ended and then he had to like blast out. Right. Like, yeah. man, why you had such a good song going and then you had to like ruin it. And, but you still loved it. And yeah, then, yeah. Yeah. And then he kept evolving. And then he would, like you said, he would add like all summer long and you know, mm -hmm. all these other elements to himself. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this is just really an artist that, like you say, it's just that perfect example of ever evolving as he aged. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, 10 years ago, I never would have imagined him having a place on Broadway. No, right? Oh, that would have been like completely crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, I would have never imagined him having a place on Broadway, but now it fits because mm -hmm. he's that perfect example of a little bit of everything mm -hmm. and it works. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of like where I see you at. You're like that little bit of everything. I mean, you grew up in Virginia, surrounded by bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. And then, so if I, correct me if I get this wrong, your dad walks in and sees you playing some Van Halen. Mm -hmm. You had right. not had a single bit of guitar lessons at this point, but your dad walks in and sees you say, playing some Van Halen. And is yeah, like yeah. blown away and is like, okay, let's take this kid and get him some get proper guitar lessons. Yeah, yeah. So, was, I mean, dad, dad was great. He, you know, he got me through the Allman Brother era. Dad's a great guitar player. But he was. Okay, so dad that, guitar. So that's that, how you. That, and all that, that kind of advanced stuff, you know, he was like, well, this isn't Southern rock. And this isn't, you know, he was like, I knew, he's like, I knew this was going to happen sooner or later, you know, <laughs> probably sooner than later. But he was like, we'll, we'll take you over to Kelly's music and get you lessons with Freddie. Yeah. So, you know, and that was that was how it started. We he had already had it like planned out. You know, we I was on the I was kind of like on a waiting list. Yeah. Like you know, let me teach him. Let me get you know him to a spot first. You know, let me get. And he, there's still every time I play with my dad, I learn something. He teaches me something. You know, so it's not like he got me to a place where he had taught me everything he knew. Yeah. You know, it's like all right, he's like it's you know it's time where we can start spending some money on some lessons now. Yeah. So your dad was into like Almond Brothers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's why I was born and raised. That's, stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of Skinner and uh, um, like uh, who does a uh, train train? That's a uh, Blackfoot. Oh, so, yeah. Stuff. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that was kind of in. Uh, oh, Lord, what was uh, Molly Hatchet? That was oh. always my, that was one of my favorite songs, Flirting with Disaster. It still is. But yeah, yeah uh, that and like bluegrass and gospel music. That was my main. <laughs> So you grew up with a variety of influences then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then 
you were obviously if you were into Van Halen, you were into like the eighties classic rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I got into some hair metal and all that kind of stuff. You know, just because they were they were playing so fast, and I was like, oh, but it sounds so cool. And yeah, you know, just just like any, you know, just like most guitar players, you know, you keep on just seeing how much faster, and every day you get a little faster and a little faster, and then you start listening to, you know, before you know what you're listening to, you know. Carrie King and whatever, you know, and I hear Don Bag Daryl, which is still good <laughs> stuff. Like, but you know, just that real shredder stuff. And I went through that phase when I was a teenager and kind of oh, yeah. Ingve Malmsteen guy and Satriani and Steve Vai and all that. But, so you started out on the guitar. Did you always like singing as well? Or was it just the guitar that you started out doing? I didn't. Um, I didn't really find my voice until I was about 16, I'd say. So I'd, I'd front bands, you know, and I'd sing in church. And it was always just kind of like, I didn't find the soul in it. Like, I didn't let go. I didn't really trust and let go and, like, go for it until I was around 16 or 16. I remember the day it happened. I was playing at a coffee house, and the light, switch, and the light switch just flipped on it. And it was like, oh, this is singing. This is how you embrace your soul. This is what Greg Allman does, you know. And so, ah. So I remember that, yeah. I mean, even my dad, he's still, you know, he's like in the middle of that song. I was singing a, an Allen Brothers song, uh, Old Before My Time. And if you can't gain soul on that one, you know, it's, it's just not there. But I remember the light switch, like I say, just flipping. And, you know, so is my dad. He was like, that, that was the moment, you know. Since then, it's been my favorite thing to do. I love singing. I love doing harmonies. That's what's kind of kept me alive out here in Nashville, being a hired gun is, you know, there are so many good guitar players left and right. I mean, you can't be the best in this town, you know, because there's always going to be somebody better or some kid in this town that can just can totally, totally destroy you. But uh, but the singing harmonies, I've always taken joy in that as well. So that's kind of kept yeah. me around those days. And so, hmm, I love that. That's that's a that's a cool story that you can actually like pinpoint the time and the song and mm -hmm. the singer that flipped that light switch, so to speak, for you that a lot of people, I don't think they can like, you know, they, uh, most people will say, oh, I've been singing ever since when, you know, as long as I can remember, but you can like pinpoint the time, the place, the moment, the singer, the song, yeah, like yeah. You know, this is when and why. Right, right. And that That's was, pretty yeah, cool. Second I believe too, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I was like, I'm going to do it, you know, it's like, oh, this is what they always talk about. And I remember I quit singing so much from here and started singing from, you know, down my chest and diaphragm and all that, which I tell you to do, you know, is sing from your belly. Yeah. And I, I finally, I started doing that and I wasn't singing, I wasn't having to screech and sing with my, my you know, with my vocal cords quite as much. I was getting the power I needed it. And, you know, I was just like, oh, this is what they're talking about. And then I can focus on the soul part of it. And, yeah. And I mean, and who better to reference about soul than the mm -hmm. Almond Brothers? Almond Brothers. Greg, good Lord, man. Oh, my God. I am a huge Almond Brothers fan. I mean, like, what? Like, that's, if you look up the definition in soul, of, of look up the definition of soul in the dictionary, that's yeah. going to pop up is right, right. I mean. Yep, yep. I, I mean, think. Yeah, especially yeah for like a guy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, for a guy. I I should emphasize guy there because there are some women in soul that. Oh, all yeah. 
oh man yeah aretha like oh Mm -hmm. yes let's let's give her the praise for sure um yeah for sure um so that's i mean we've definitely talked about rock and bluegrass and southern rock but so soul is definitely part of your genre loving music what would you is there like one genre specifically that gets to you more than any would it be the soul like the almond brothers what um, gets to you the most if you had to pick one and i know that's hard to do um but if you had to like narrow it in on one specifically would it be I mean, the alt country stuff is always kind of, and that, that's kind of in the same vein as what, you know, the Alm Brothers were doing back in, you know, Alm Brothers. Alt country folk. Yeah, you know, and some of that stuff, like Melissa, I mean, that would be a, that would be an alt country song, I think, these days. Yeah. But it's like, so, you know, I'd say probably that, where it's the songwriters, and, you know, it's it's a little bit more broken down, if, or, you know, it's just, it's not so... genre specific i guess you know which is yeah and in the song you know it's yeah. just you tell a story or you'll teach a lesson with a song you know or you say something that you couldn't exactly say with words you know but you can say them with a song that's kind of like the way i look at a lot of the alt country stuff and it, it spans just like you know me being country spans like the alt stuff can be rock is all you know and it can be all the way to you know willie nelson it's just mm. so, yeah I mean, in that, in a nutshell, I mean, that's what country music is, is just being able to tell a story. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that's what drew me to it is, and, and that can be any genre of music. I mean, like you said, any as long as you can tell a story with a song. And yeah. that's why I love that there's now this singer-songwriter category, yeah, yeah. so to speak, is is that as long as you can tell a story with your music, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to fit in a specific genre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like I said at the beginning, you don't have to fit in a certain box. And, you know, whatever that instrumentation is that goes along with your story, mm-hmm. if it's a little bit more rock or a little bit more bluegrass or a little bit more whatever, exactly. okay, right. whatever. It's your story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like your instrumentation that went along with Cannonball, that could not have been more perfect. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I mean, I'm not a musician. I'm not an artist. I'm not a songwriter. I can't play or sing anything. I'm just simply a music lover that knows what I like when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even know all the instruments involved in that song, but like that is just like right on the money. Like Uh, the acoustic version, like what you just did on the show, it's mm -hmm. great acoustically. I love it. And I am a sucker for an acoustic version of a song. Typically you give me a, an acoustic version of a song and I am going to love it. A lot of times I prefer the acoustic versions of a song. Me too, me too. But not Cannonball. Not Cannonball. I, I, no, I hear you. It's such a <laughs> big song. It's like, you know, it's kind of, 
That song just is, I mean, the full on like produced version of that song Mm -hmm. is the instrumentation behind your story that makes that song what it is. Like it brings it to life. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. That I'll just kind of fell, you know, I was like, oh, that's a cool riff. Oh, I think. In a way, it just kind of rolls to that da 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 You know, it's kind of, I love how it just, yeah, it did fit. And I was like, that's kind of, the hook just happened because I was like, what is that? Something's rolling down. Should probably use mountains because that's where I'm from, you know, put some mountain imagery in there. But what would be coming off a car, coming off a mountain, flying down a mountain would be like a cannonball coming at you. And then be like, oh, and cannonball can't stop it. So I'm coming up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just all kind of pieced together, like, instant, you know, it just kind of all just fell in, you know, so. Yeah. That, oh, man, that's some genius work right there. I mean, that one is just amazing. All right, so you said you've got an EP coming up, so let's talk about that, and um, how many songs on the EP? So it'll be six new songs, and then, uh, like I said, we're just going to, we're putting Cannonball on, so it'll be technically seven. Okay songs bill just you know that's kind of because cannonball if we're thinking about it, cannonball was the um kind of like the single for the ep i guess the way we we're looking at like the pre-release type deal you know how some people release the and we you know so we quit didn't quite have the ep finished now had to write a couple songs still so we so we're gonna throw so it'll be seven songs basically but cannonball will be one of them so okay are you going to release any more singles off of it or just Cannonball's the only release and then you're going to do the EP? How's that going to go? Um, we're still talking about it. So it's, I just got it to the team last Wednesday. So I got oh. all this and everything. So yeah, it's got the final produced things. So we're going to have a meeting talking about that here in a couple of days, but I wouldn't know where to start. It's my first time I've ever released a multi-track, you know, album. And so I'm like, they're all kind of like my, my children. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm totally, you know, yeah, them all. So I need, I need, definitely need a whatever the team says. That's the song you should do. Then that's what I'm going with because I'm, I'm way too close to it. You know, to make a, to make that's, a good decision with it. But it is, it is hard when you. I mean, it's hard enough to decide like what singles to put out, but when you decide to do a project, be it an EP or an album, it's hard to decide like. All right, you've got this whole catalog of music. Like, mm-hmm. how do you decide? And I know every artist is different in their decision making, but like, how did you pick out these six songs to, or, and plus Cannonball? How did you pick out these to make up this project? Um, so this one was kind of easy because it was the first, my first, you know, so okay. I wanted to be a lot about like where I am. I've got a, I've almost got the second EP written now that's kind of coming out hopefully in the fall, but, or maybe in the winter or something, but, uh, Oh, wow. Okay. You know, I had a good amount of songs there that, uh, I felt were like releasable, you know, that were pretty much finished up. And, and I was just like, you know, I was picking shows. I was like, well, you know, I can feel myself. Yeah, this is a big change in my career. I feel like is, you know, transitioning from the hired gun type player to being my own artist now and actually have music out there. So I wanted to really take some of the older songs and, kind of cement that milestone, you know, with before before things, you know, if things start changing in my life, I start seeing things differently. I wanted to kind of have these select songs that were just, you know, there to remind me, you know, kind of that hired gun mentality in life. And, yeah. You know, 
So, but, yeah. And also, just the instrumentation on it. I got a pedal steel and learned how to play that this year. Learned how, and any real pedal steel player out there is going to like scoff at it. But, you know, it's, I was learning the basics and I was like, that's my favorite instrument. And I was like, I finally found a deal on one. So, yeah. And I was like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be good at it. So I put that on all these songs on the, on the album and I was like, really excited. But it's cool. I love, 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 love a pedal steel. Love uh, it. Right now. It's so nice. Oh my, it is, it is so cool. Like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. Like I love a guitar. There's <laughs> nothing cooler than a freaking guitar. I <laughs> wish I could play one. Um, I love the drums. Oh, I mean, love the drums, but there's something about, oh, and a piano, of course, everybody loves a piano, <laughs> uh, but there's something about the pedal steel that is just oh it just it, i don't even have a word for it it's just indescribable there's mm -hmm. just something about the sound that that mm -hmm. instrument contributes to songs that yeah. is just i don't know i can't describe it i i love it how hard was it to learn to play that um, once I got the chord shapes because it's, it's basically like bar chords. So, you know, and that, that was kind of easy. Like that was easy to understand. And once I got that, it was just doing it for days on the end. And I'd be up, you know, pull, I haven't had that fire in a while. Yeah. It was just like where I, where I didn't sleep, where I, that was all I did. You know, I, I did that all the time when I was learning to play guitar when I was a kid, yeah. I just all night and you know, and just keep prep playing, playing the same song, even even just the same pattern over and over and over and over, just because it was so much fun. Yeah. I, uh, and then I kind of did this. I, I had that when I first moved to town because I had to learn about five or 600 songs real quick. So I had to do that, and that was kind of, it was fun because it was so energetic. I was like, oh, I'm going to be really doing this in Nashville. So that, that was a lot of fun then. So I was really up all night doing that all the time, woodshedding. So I haven't had that really with an instrument since that day, since 10 years ago. So I was, you know, it was, yeah. it was real cool. Yeah, you know, I was up all night just, you know, and playing in, in that delirious state, you know, where it's like you've been <laughs> long and listening to it. I'm just, I put on the uh, Texas Country, just like YouTube channel or a playlist on Apple Music or Spotify and something. Just, and just a lot of songs I've never heard before, but they all fit the, you know, pedal steel fit in that most of those songs pretty well. So just play all of them over and over and over new songs and just you know. wow and so you know the only thing was the actual mechanics of you know getting your hand to not go sharp or flat you know to be able to land on a note and, you know and keep it in tune so that's kind of wow it's very fluid you know it's it's like a liquid instrument and that's what i think people love about it is because it just flows so nice you know it's so pretty but with that it's it's really hard to keep it in to land on something and keep it there, you know, while your vibrato went out on, you know. And it's, so it's, you musicians, God, y'all amaze me at your talent. Oh, jeez, I'm, I'm in such okay. awe of your ability to play these instruments, and like it's nothing. I mean, I say like it's nothing, but I'm sure. I mean, obviously, you put hours and hours and hours of work into it, but jeez. So you play the guitar, you now play the pedal steel. Is there other instruments that you play? Uh, I play piano a little bit and uh, I play organ. Organ is kind of the, the more of the thing I can do, you know, which is 
just those, you know, chord shapes and stuff I love working with. Um, I did all the, so I did everything but the drums. I've never become, I've never gone down the drum road, but, uh, but all my best, you know, all my friends throughout my career have always been, you know, my closest friends have always been mostly drummers and all that. And it was the same kind of way with my dad back when he was coming up. That was what I was taught was dad was like this your right hand. That's your drum. And he was like, make sure you, you know, never, never stop thinking of it that way. You know, and it's, it's your rhythm. You got to use it like you would a drum kit. And, yeah. And, Keyboard, you know, he was a keyboard player through the main part of his career, and that was, you know, in the clavinet days. So it was like, you know, that's very percussive. And he's hmm. telling me both of my hands are drums, and he was like, but you, you know, you got to do things with your left that can't, you know, so your right hand has to do all the rhythmic work. And so I always think of it that way. Um, aside from that, I, I can I can get through enough bass to, you know, do something with it. And, uh, and just, you know, aside from that, just things with strings, once you learn chord shapes, you know, if you get your, I feel like musicians, we practice so long and so hard, it's only to get out of our own way. It's just to get yeah. that brain barrier to your hands to where that's nothing, to where it's like you hear it, you know, you can jump immediately to it and do it. And that's, you know, because that's what you're really, you know, the musicians, their brain and what they're hearing, that's what, it's not what their fingers can do. It's what their brain can do and how efficient does it go to your fingers, I feel like, you know. So yeah. Kind of, yeah, you know, so it's, um, you know, because that's, that's one of the main things, um, especially when you get going kind of like the real fast kind of stuff, like back when I was in, you know, my metal days, it was like, yeah. like I had a teacher that, uh, Brian Holt, that taught up at Berkeley, and he graduated from there, and he taught up there a little while afterwards. So, I mean, he was... He was an insanely good uh, guitar player, bass player, all the above. But he was like, you got to start thinking that the toughest thing about hearing that speed and playing real fast is uh, you got to hear it first. Like you got to be able to comprehend it in your brain. Because if you're just hearing, it just sounds like a just, you know, a bunch of notes. But you got to be able to actually like, number one, like count it first off. And then, you know, and then like you'd be amazed, like, because then if your fingers are trained, you know, all you got to do is speed it up. The biggest part of it is just getting it in your brain. It's not your fingers that are in the way. So it's yep. like really to comprehend at that speed. You know, it's like a race car driver at that point. Like, are you, you know, do you have that, that twitch to you, you know, or, you know, that, that rapid response kind of deal. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's, I think God, that's the way I look at music is just, you know, yeah. Not, I was, you know, it took me a while, like with Greg Allman, you know, I was, I've always loved his music and his play. And then, you know, we're going back to that, but it's, uh, you know, it took me a while until I was a professional for a, for a, you know, a long time to be like, no, it's what is it, what he's hearing. And yeah. you know, that, that's what makes the, you know, he's able to take what's coming down or whatever, you know, however he manifests it or whatever, you know, but it's, it's coming down to him for me, it's God, you know, it comes down and, you know, I'm just trying to catch it and then, you know, whatever, whatever that is and then put it down and get it to my fingers and get it to my voice. And then, you know, that makes total sense. I mean, I've always wondered like how musicians like can just hear something and like jump in and start playing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, now that you've explained it in that way, it like, it makes sense. If you know the basic chords, mm -hmm it's muscle memory or brain memory. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. it, 
it makes sense now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes no, sense. You, you, you've like hummed a song after you hear it on the radio. You know, you've basically done just what you said, like musicians do. We've just spent a lot more time like training our fingers and, you know, just to make it that way. Instead of humming it, we're just, you know, using chords and stuff, you know, we're using, using strings and fingers. So. so everybody has that in them. You know, everybody can, you know, mimic the... Yeah. I would not say everybody. Everybody. <laughs> you can hear it in your head afterwards. <laughs> But not say everybody. Um, you know, I was one of those teenagers. I think every teenager wants some sort of musical instrument. Mm -hmm. um, I told my parents I wanted to play the drums, and they were like, nope, we're not having that noise in our house. <laughs> nope. Nope, not happening. Um, I eventually talked them into getting me a guitar, and I took lessons long enough to... And I had, you know, I wasn't going to start out on an acoustic guitar. That's boring. No, I had to have mm -hmm, an electric right. guitar. And yeah. I took lessons long enough to play, learn how to badly play Stairway to Heaven. Oh. That was enough. I was done. I was bored with lessons. Didn't want to take lessons anymore. I thought I could teach myself. You know, I think I was like 13 at the time, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe 15. I don't know. Anyway, I was a teenager. And I was a terrible, rebellious teenager, I will admit. Um, no. So once I quit lessons, I think I fiddled around with it maybe for like another month. Yeah. yeah. And then it started gathering dust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough at that age, you know. You're, yes. <laughs> you know, trying all different things all the time, you know, and you don't know what you want to do with life, so. Exactly. And now I wish I would have had and you know, I'm not not like trashing my mom at all. But I wish I would have had that parent that would have been like, No, I'm making you stick with this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you wanted to do it. I'm making you stick with this. Yeah. I, and you know, she didn't she was, which I mean, I didn't make it easier on her either. But I wish I, you know, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> That's what my parents did with me when I was uh, taking piano. I started taking piano about seven years old, and it was, uh, I, mean, I, was all, I was about it. I could tell, like, I had a music brain, you know, so yeah. it did me pretty easy, but it was like, it just, it was so boring. I was like, I don't want this, and I, you know, I'd slack off, and then, you know, and then get guilt tripped, and, you know, or, you know, had to do the... <laughs> They're like, all right, you know, we're paying for his lessons. You better make it worth, you know, you better give it an effort, you know, and yeah. you're not take piano lessons. So that's your only options. You have to give it an effort. And it was, so it was, but I'm so glad I did because, man, yeah. piano, like piano was like a graph for everything that, you know, it's like a graph for calculus, you know, instead of, you know, it makes everything a little bit easier to understand, and, you know. Right. Yeah, you get strong visualization from it. So. Yes. So our advice from one that knows that later regrets it and one that knows that is reaping the benefits parents yeah. out there force your kids to take lessons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got you got to suffer through the tantrums and the crying and just, you know, make them sit there. Yeah. That's our advice. Force your kids to take music lessons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> Great parenting advice. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's that. Out of this show, force your kids to do something against their will. <laughs> that's, that's it.
No, uh, but I mean, like, seriously, joking aside, obviously your parents saw something in you. I mean, they knew that you had this musical ability and they were pushing you. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good thing. You know, yeah. maybe my mom saw that, hey, you don't have a musical bone in your body. I'm not going <laughs> to push you to do it. You know, well, I mean, maybe she saw that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was good parenting. You know, <laughs> maybe it was. I don't know. Parents know their children better than they think. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? Um, hopefully, parents, hopefully, y'all took that as a joke. Though, when you watch the podcast, <laughs> right. you can't see my face here. Oh. <laughs> um, parents should know their children and how they should push them or not push them. Um, mm -hmm. I forget when people watch the podcast, they can't see my face to know that I'm, you know, halfway. Oh, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, they, they should, uh, you know, um, the, the shows are always available on IGTV to where they can come back and watch the video show. Mm, yeah. Yes, but when it comes out on Spotify, it's just the audio. So, um, yeah, for those Spotify people, go watch the IGTV. You can see us laughing about this you can just laughing about this if you don't hear it <laughs> um so the ep i know you said um i can't believe we've been on here almost an hour already we're oh, well, about, just about oh it is let's go by so fast i know um i know you said you're you're just getting ready to meet with the team to talk about the ep um mm -hmm. do we have a release date in mind or do we yes coming out yet yeah, July 15th is what we're shooting for, and uh, we're on track. Like, yeah, of course, as, as of now, that's, we're, still, we're still on that date. So that'll be Friday, and uh, a good weekend to release music, I think. You know, it's after yeah. the July 4th, you know, and so we'll be, uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm not sure we were, I'm not sure if we'll be able to latch onto, like, the fall festival circuit or not you know, this year, but if not, you know, it's all good. I'll still be playing 10 times a week downtown in Nashville, you know, through it all. But, uh, but that's, you know, if not, you know, we'll be touring with that EP in the spring, definitely, hopefully okay. for the festival circuit, you know, and maybe, you know, and some clubs here and there, but I like to think we got the best clubs, you know, around down here. So Nashville is great. I mean, I absolutely love Nashville and I think, a lot of people have such a misconception about Nashville that it's just country. No, but, right. Like you can go to Nashville and find any kind of music that you want to find. Everything, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, an African band out here that's that like plays all the time. My buddy yeah. Doug plays, you know, he plays in a twelve-piece Afrobeat band that play at multiple venues, you know, you know, all the time. So, and that's about the most random thing I've heard, you know, out here. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a huge jazz scene, there's a huge, you know, pop scene. Oh, yeah. And even the, like the punk rock stuff. I mean, that's on the east side over here. And, it's, you know, so there's, you know, there's, there's something for everybody in Nashville. Um, mm -hmm. I absolutely love Nashville. I would, I would move there in a heartbeat if I could talk my husband into it. But, you know. Oh, well. That's not happening. Not happening. Uh, he's got got to come out and visit enough times and get hooked. You know. I well, I come every chance I get. I will actually 
be there the end of July, just for a little bit. Um, my dad has a lake house uh, about an hour from Nashville, actually uh -huh. Kentucky, um, but it's only about an hour from Nashville. So I'll actually be there for just a day in Nashville, but you know, I can't come to Kentucky and not go to Nashville when I'm that close. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so I'll be there for just a little bit, but super looking forward to this EP that you have coming out July 15th. Is it going to be, what's, what's the name of the EP? It's going to be Shoulders of Giants. Shoulders of Giants. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, and especially uh, going back to an earlier question, I really wanted to pick some songs that let people know how I got where I am, you know, and I don't directly say it, but there's those songs are based on my heroes, obviously shoulders of giants. And that, that song, that, that's a song. It's the title track. And yeah. so I'm talking about it as well as the name of the, yeah, the whole overall EP. And it's, um, it's, uh, just about the, you know, the real strong folks I had in my life that taught me how to work hard and taught me how to, you know, act right, and, you know, and specifically about the ones that passed. So the older generation that are gone, you know, I've got a lot of folks, you know, my dad, my mom, every, you know, tons of folks are still out there. They're yeah. to this day, but you know, it's like, but this one was that. about a handful of, handful of guys that really, and well, and women too, but you know. Yeah. Really, yeah I like me. that. So a tribute to, a tribute song and the title track. I like that to the people mm -hmm. that helped get you to where you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So. I like that. Now, is that kind of a, a commonality throughout the EP or is it just random songs that kind of tell who you are since it's your debut EP? Um, it's a couple songs that are like that. Mainly, I guess the overall thing is like, you know, channeling them when times are tough. Yeah. You know, especially when times are tough, you know, that's your rock is like, you know, I think back to what my grandpa was, you know, I'm like, man, these aren't even tough times. Like, come on. Like, yeah. You know, he kept one, he put one foot in front of the other, you know, just get through it. You know, if you're going through hell, keep on walking, you know, type of yeah. song, you know, and, and uh, so, yeah, but um, there's some songs, you know, that, aren't about that at all you know and so you know i got some i got a couple more rocking ones you know got the song got got a couple of those on there that might make your hopefully make your harley playlist you know all right yeah all right so they are just kind of songs that tell who you are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah okay. i like that so an introduction to to who ross is to let us know who you are as a solo artist yes yes so I think so. I don't know. It's kind of tough. Again, they're all kind of my babies. So I don't know how to like really. <laughs> that oh. is hard. I have heard artists say that so many times, like their songs are their babies. And it's like kind of hard to pick and choose which one to mm -hmm. let fly the nest, so to speak. Yeah. 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 I mean, I scrutinized it. I uh, self-produced, self-engineered. Oh, wow. Wrote. I wrote a solo wrote all the songs except for one um, with a co-write but so I and then mixed it all um, that was I mean each song was a solid week of you know of work I have a timer on my Pro Tools sessions and they were all like you know a hundred and some hours per song by the time I was you know 
finally putting down lead vocals, you know, like vocal tracks. So it was like just so much work that went into them, you know, so it's like I've, I've sat there and fretted over every decision and, you know, so, so they're especially kind of my, I, I've, I've been with them and since day one, done everything, you know, played everything but the drums on them and uh, mixed them and everything and then I'd send them off to be mastered from my buddy Mike at Sundog Studios to get it, you know, out of my brain and out of my house, you know, out, out of house per se, but the, uh, just okay. had like fresh years on it to do the final sculpting of it. But yeah, aside from that, it's, there have been definitely, I've been alongside them every step of the way since. You said Mike at Sundock Studios? Yes, Michael Esser. Yeah, he, he mastered him for me. So you self-mixed, self-produced, and solo wrote all but, well, you self-pitched and self-produced all the songs. Yes, yes. And solo wrote all of them, but one you had a co-writer on. Mm -hmm. And played all the parts except the drums. All the instrumentation except the drums. Yes. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it was a lot of fun. It was a blast doing it, and I love doing it. it was... Now, who was your who was your drummer? Oh, one of one of my best friends, Jeremy Pearl. He's a monster here in town. He's, you know, one of the hardest working, most in demand guys in the hired gun scene. So yeah, yeah, I was lucky to have him on him. And we have a we have wow. a little show over at his place that uh you know, he's got a drum kit mic'd up and all that. And I just bring my Pro Tools rig over there. I have it in a little rolling rack and bring some preamps and we'd record drums over there, but everything else was done in a, you know, in a little room and just kinda yeah. Okay, you you realize like this is not normal, right? Uh, I mean, I it mean, was in the old days. Some, some other artists do this, but not to this extent. I don't think. That's probably a good thing. I don't know because if you're, it's, you get so into the songs, I had to be careful. I had to call people in all the time, and be like, "Hey, is this still sound good, or is it is it right?" Going right. I mean, I was going to ask you that. I was going to yeah. ask that, like, to what level of an overanalyzer are you? At what point did you have to be like, okay, stop for a minute. Let me ask someone else's opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of have my skits, a set schedule where it'd be, uh, you know, I'd have a timer that would go off. I'd be like, all right, you know, it's been, it's been four yeah. hours. Like, hey, you need to get up and go outside or do something, you yeah. know, you need Clear your brain, clear your palate, and then from there, and then usually, you know, call somebody in once a day, you know, if I've been mixing and a couple hours, you know, eight hours or so, and just be like, hey, is it still, does it still sound okay? And then you also have reference tracks, you know, so that's always a real strong, important thing that engineers yeah. and stuff, the producers is like, not necessarily what you want the song to sound like, but you kind of listen to it when you're mixing and engineering so that you can like have the EQs right. And it's like a palate cleanser for you as well. So yeah, know, whatever it is, you know, but something that's out there that is in the genre that you're kind of going for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can kind of just hear, cause yeah, your ears start to lie to you. And it's like, you know, and you just, yeah, it's inevitable, you know, just sitting there. If you're listening, if you're looking at the same picture for, for eight hours solid to be, you know, or making it, you know, you know, it's like everything so, start, would start to blur together. Like, mm -hmm. look and uh, sound would, yeah, I would get like dizzy. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, wow. That definitely happens. You start hearing things that aren't there a little bit, which is kind of weird, especially like late nights. Yeah. Like, no, time to go to bed. All right, that's that's yeah. it. You're starting time to die or fresh tomorrow. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. So. Now, you mentioned genres. So do we lean towards a specific genre with this EP or the songs mm -hmm. different? Like, what are we looking at genre-wise with with the songs or is the EP all one genre where where are we at here it's um I mean it's a variety it's definitely in that country southern rock vein so it's a little you know it's some it's some harder country but I've always I've that was one of the main things I wanted to I talked to the team about when we got started it was like man, I love the Texas country scene I just I mean I love most of the music that's coming out of there and it's yeah. kind of a that Nashville doesn't get any play and they're kind of two like rivals and I mean in Texas you know Texas holds its own basically down there and right. they, but you know they're like their own little country and all that so they want to keep it that way but <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know if if a Texas country person if a Texas country artist comes to Nashville and records in Nashville or like or bridges that gap a little too much then they get ejected from the Texas country scene because they want to be different so yeah so I was like, I'm not from Texas. They're probably, you know, they'd never accept me down there. And I wouldn't want to, you know, I, I'm not yeah, really. Boy, you're not Texas. Beating on the door to be, you know, in that in that club necessarily. But yeah. that was, I love the music. And it, there's nothing really like it these days. I look at like 70s, you know, the golden, one of those golden eras of rock and roll. Back yeah. in the day, Eagles kind of era. You know, that's what yeah. I hear of that in the. And like the Graham Parsons kind of stuff back in the day. I hear that with the Texas country stuff. And I love that it just enriched music. So anyway, I wanted to talk to a team about that. And they were like, well, let's put you in Southern rock. And then that way you can write that kind of stuff. And that they'll still be, you know, be true to yourself. You know, I'm born, you know, right. You know, born, raised in the South. And, uh, yeah. So, so, you know, I grew up on that Southern rock stuff, but make it a little more of the country thing. So I like to kind of play it's like Texas country, but for Southern rockers, you know, and for people, yeah. who don't, you know, or Oklahoma and all that. I like that. That, that works. Southern but rock, uh, Western Texas vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think of it. I don't know if that's the right keywords or not, but that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of the way I would refer. I mean, with everything that you just described there, I would kind of say Southern rock with a Texas vibe. So it kind of, complimenting yeah. the Texas country people without offending. Right, right. Or, yeah, yeah. Just country Texas. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll find We'll find out when it, when the EB comes yeah. out. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they're pretty, I, I hope Texas is pretty accepting. I mean, I'm from Virginia. I live in North Carolina and I'm a huge Cowboys fan, so accepting is all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I am definitely looking forward to the EP coming out. We're not letting you out of here without singing another uh, song. So, is it going to be something off the EP? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All um, right. I did one of the rocking ones early on to open the show. This is the this is my favorite song on the EP, and it's a uh, it's a slower one. It's right. the only song on the on the album but it's uh it's the one that means the most to me okay and, uh, so i've i've been transferred my whole family farm that my grandpa cleared from 
from nothing but forest. And he went out there and cleared it with a handsaw and a team of horses to pull up the stumps, you know, a team of Clydesdales or, yeah, but he, uh, back in the, you know, 1930s and he, you know, so it's been passed on to me and he was one of those shoulders of giants that stand on for sure. And, um, so yeah. And then, so I, I wrote a song called grass is greener and it's a song about knowing what you have. And as much as I, and I'm kind of, I am the first generation as far back as we can go, you know, as far back as anybody in the family can remember that isn't a farmer at this point in my life, you know, that isn't at least, you know, working on the farm every day doing something. And uh, so that, that, that kind of haunts me a little bit, you know, I can't from out here and, you know, the farms back in Virginia, it's like, I have a cousin that works it right now. So it's still being used, but I don't know, it keeps me awake at night sometimes. So I wanted to write a song, you know, and so it's about, you know, what that place means to me and then, yeah. you know, about how what I imagine how Papa felt, and, you know, when he was a young and you know creating it and making it with his bare hands. So, so, I'm getting yeah. to me already, and I hadn't even heard I'm, it. Yeah, I, mean, I'll, I hope it don't oversell this thing, but grass is so. I try to live and learn I try to wait my turn Watch bridges burn And the prodigal sun's return Never settle down But I've rarely ever left this town I push this plow And I plant my hopes in the ground The young call dream just a firm believer Cause I don't need the waves or the sand but I see those city lights for sand all I want is what I had dirt on my hands and piece of holy land the water is sweet roots run deeper air is clearer and the grass is greener Times are changing fast, nothing seems built to last. We steal from the children the world they could have. The price is going up, lucky just to keep your head up. Doing what you love and harbor is not enough. Seems a die I've cast, and now just a thing of the past. Cause I don't need the waves on the sand, or see those city lights for stand. All I want is what I had. Dirt on my hands and this piece of holy land. But the water is sweet, roots run deeper, air is clearer. Grass is greener. Though if it's how I'm raised, just how I was made, 
But I don't need the waves or the sand or see those city lights for sand. All I want is what I have. Dirt on my hands, this piece of holy land. Where the water is sweeter, roots run deeper, air is clearer. Where the water is sweet, my roots run deeper, air is clearer, my grass is greener. And the grass is greener. Song called Grass is Greener there. <laughs> Dude. Oh my god. Oh. All right, I'm just gonna call you Kid Rock because look, you can blast out some freaking rockers. <laughs> you slow it down like that. Oh my god. Like I knew you had a voice, but like that showcases your voice. No, well, thank you. That was beautiful. And that's a beautiful song. And what a tribute to your grandpa and the farm. And, like, I totally got the story. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. That, man. Man. All right. I'm so glad that's going to be on the EP. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm, I mean, you don't necessarily want a slow song as a single some, most of the time. Most of the time. But No, you could totally do if I pick a single, I you know, but you again, totally do that as a single, and that could totally stand alone as an acoustic. Yeah, yeah, it's you it's, could, like, you could uh, throw, you could put that out as like a bonus track as an acoustic. That's a good point. I might, I might, uh, just a thought. Yeah, I'll, I'll see about doing that. Maybe on the next one, just having a really broken down one. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. If that's your only slow song on there, that would be a really cool, like, bonus track acoustically. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. All right, all right. Got the wheels turning there. I don't, I don't know. Man, that, that was just, that was super beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I'm so glad that of all the songs on your EP, that's the one that you shared with us. Um, super special. I cannot wait for that to come out. July 15th. Um Wow. Okay. I'm glad I don't have to wait long for that. Because um, <laughs> otherwise I would be like chomping at the bit, like waiting for that to come out. But we, we don't have to wait long for that. Um, less than a month, only three weeks for that mm -hmm. one. So, um, yeah. Super excited about that. Um, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. Um, I know that you've been like super busy. Um, so it's been such a pleasure to get to know you, get to know your music better. Um, I'm so excited for you for this debut EP um, and what all it's going to mean for you and your career moving forward. I can't wait to see all the good things that are going to happen for you. Yeah. yeah well, thank you. Thank you. And, well, thank you so much for joining us. And this is just the first time I'm sure we'll have you back on the show again. So thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, those of you that have joined and watched us live, 
Thank you so much. Those that will watch the replay, thank y'all again. If y'all are not already following Ross, make sure y'all go follow him on all socials. Go to your mm -hmm. favorite platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple, wherever it is. Cannonball is already out, so make sure that you go stream that, download that, share it with all your friends. You ready on July 15th for yep. the EP Shoulders of Giants and the song that you just heard him sing, Grass is Greener, is going to be on that EP as well. So y'all make sure. Is there? Do you have a pre-save link to the EP? Yeah. Yes, it's it's blasted already out there. It's on uh, Instagrams, Facebooks, all that stuff. So I thought it was. I just didn't want to say wrong. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So pre-save link. Check out Ross's bio and Instagram. Go pre-save. All those pre-saves matter, you guys. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go pre-save that. It really helps out the artist so so much. I'm gonna double check if I I usually pre-save like immediately when those things get sent to me. But mm -hmm. if I haven't, I'm gonna go do it. So y'all oh, make sure y'all go do it. Pre-save link in Ross's bio. Check it out. Um, again, thank you so much, Ross. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Hey, thank you, Stacy. Hey, thank you for having me. You too. You are so welcome. All right, everyone. I hope y'all have a great Tuesday. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, y'all be kind to each other. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. -bye. Bye,